Well, greetings, everyone. I'm so glad to be with you today. Welcome, church family and first-time guest. I'm glad that you chose to worship with us today. We are going to talk about change. How we, when we enter into a relationship with God, our lives change because we are a new creation. Uh, we are part of God's kingdom. We are no longer a part of this world. And I want to begin by asking you, what names did people call you when you were growing up? What nicknames did your parents or your grandparents saddle you with? I hope they were all names that were endearing. Did you have a nickname because of the color of your hair or where you were from? Or were you given a family name that has been in the family for a long time? What were some of those names? Today, we are beginning a new sermon series titled, What's in a Name? And names are very important because names mean something. Names mean something because it is a part of our identity. Uh, it has the power to, to shape us, uh, to tr transform us. It is important for us to know who we are, but also whose we are. And the reason being is because we need to understand the nature of who God is. If we belong to God, and this is whose we are, uh, then who is God? And as we understand who God is, then he begins to uh, identify who we are. He tells us who we are. And so this is important because what we believe to be true about God and what we believe to be true about ourselves is reflected in all we say, think, or do. And so naming someone is a calling. Uh, it's a calling to becoming who we are created to be. When we name our children, we are calling them into our family. Our children belong to us. They belong to our family. They have the family name. And being part of that family means that our child's identity uh, has the family traits. It has family uh, traditions, uh, family blessings, and a family inheritance. And in the same way, God calls each of us into his family. Uh, he calls us uh, to be the people that he has created us to be in the first place. Our identity is in and through Jesus Christ. We are children of God and we belong to him. And in belonging to the family of God, what comes with it are God's promises, God's blessings and an inheritance, much like it is with our earthly families. So do we bring honor and glory to God uh, as we bear the family name? Now, in Scripture, God names people. He names places. Names are very important. Uh, God goes to great length uh, with names. We have the long list of uh, genealogies in the Old and New Testament, and uh, those names are very specific, and there's names of clans and, and tribes and, and groups of people. And anytime there was something of great significance that happened, especially in the Old Testament, there was an altar built, and that place was named because of a great encounter with God. And so God is known by naming people. And the name is important because it's usually when God has created a covenant uh, between himself and someone else. And so God named Adam. 
God named Abraham and Sarah. And we are going to look at that story today in Genesis chapter 17, and uh, where God changes the name from Abram to Abraham and Sarai to Sarah. So let's look at verses 1 through 8. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you will be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham for I have made you father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you, the whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. Wow. God is calling Abram into a relationship. He is establishing a covenant with him. He is changing his name to Abraham. And then he is telling him uh, the meaning of Abraham's name. He is giving Abraham's purpose and meaning in his life. And all of us are created with that sense of longing, the sense of belonging to a family, to know what our purpose and meaning in life is. And today we are reminded of our purpose in life. I mean, think about it. Why does God choose us in the first place? Why does God go to great length in and through the power of the Holy Spirit to transform us, to change us, to become more like him? Is it because so we can live a pleasant life after placing our faith in Jesus? Or is it because we get to go to heaven after we die? I don't think so. I think it is much deeper than that and more important. Each of us has a calling on our life. We are called to be in relationship with God. God desires being present with us. Uh, we, uh, God delights in being with us. He treasures us. He values us. And God has a plan and a purpose for us. In fulfilling that call, God promises to be present with us, to provide for us, uh, to protect us, and to prevail And so we have those promises with God when we enter into that relationship with him. The covenant that God made with Abraham was not some kind of uh, vocational transaction. It wasn't a job description, and it wasn't a list of do's and don'ts. God doesn't give Abraham a job. God tells Abraham who he is. And when we enter into a relationship with God, he will begin to tell us who we are, who he has created us to be. In fact, there is not anything resembling a job in this passage, except for maybe these three words, which are you will be. We are to be children of God. We are to be in relationship with God. We are human beings. We are not human doers. God intends for us to be, and which puts us in a relationship to receive. It's, it's something that we receive as a free gift. It is not anything that we do or, or to uh, take control of. And so it's important that we accept our identity as children of God. 
the calling uh, that God has in our lives is to become children of God. That is our identity long before we receive our vocation. And until we receive the gift of being God's children, of God making up our identity, then we will always burn ourselves out working at trying to make a name for ourselves, working at trying to put forth that false self, that pretentious self, uh, kind of like the children of Israel did whenever they uh, tried to attempt to build the Tower of Babel. Uh, they gathered together and said, let us make a name for ourselves. And so burnout doesn't come from working hard. Burnout comes when we do not know who we are. You see, if we're trying to build a name for ourselves, we're doing things in our own strength, in our own ability. And that will wear us out because we can never meet that standard. But if our identity is in God, then we depend upon him. We rely upon his grace. We rely upon the Holy Spirit to enable us to do the things that God has called us to do. Now, God had already come to Abram, and he had revealed his plan of action to him earlier in Genesis chapter uh, 15, and you can read about that. And then in uh, response to God's promises, Abram now is walking with God. Now, God, in our text, God is changing Abram's name to Abraham, and he is changing Sarai's name to Sarah. And then God put a specific call on Abram's name. So when God began to his work, he lengthened Abram's name because he was in the process of changing his purpose of living. And when we enter into a relationship with God, he begins to change our purpose for living. Our purpose for living is no longer unto ourselves. Our purpose for living is unto God. And, and we are to live according to the plans that he has for us. Abram had an impressive meaning of a, of a name already, uh, which meant lofty fa father. And others may have thought that that was a grand name, but not so much for Abram. Why? Because he didn't have any children. He was not a father yet, much less feeling lofty. So when God changed his name to Abraham, which means father of many, Abram had, had a choice. He could either see this as a cruel joke that God was playing on him, or he could see this as receiving this name by faith that was given to him, realizing that he served a great and powerful God and who had the ability to give him children, uh, which would come from his body even at the old age of 99. So God always gives names that declare what he has done or what he is about to do. The name change also put a call on Abram's life, and that call was to be very fruitful. And uh, God said, I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. And so the entire Jewish nation comes from Abraham. The king of kings, the Lord of lords, Jesus himself, comes from the long ancestry of Abraham. So what nicknames did Abram's wife receive in growing up? Or what was a pet name uh, that Abram had for Sarai? Because God changed Sarai's name to Sarah. And Sarah means princess or the heroine. God changed her name to Sarah because he had planned something magnificent for her. Uh, she would be destined to rule, uh, to overcome, to triumph as a princess. But to be a princess over what? Well, it was over her infertility. 
because for every Jewish woman, it was so important for her to have the ability to bear children, especially for them to be able to bear sons. And at this point, uh, Sarah was 90 years old and she had no children. And so God changed her name to Sarah. And now all Jewish mamas are descendants of Sarah. Her call was to be the mother of all nations and that kings of people would come from her. And they did. So what a calling. God delights in calling people into relationship and he delights bringing change. He gives us a new nature. Think of the examples in the Bible where God had an encounter with people, where he changed their hearts, and then he changed their name. In Genesis 32, uh, we have the story of Jacob. And if you'll remember, Jacob wrestles with the angel of the Lord. And then after that encounter, God changes Jacob's name to Israel, uh, which represents the struggle that he had just endured. And so God changed changed Jacob's name to Israel, which now the uh, nation of people that God had called is now uh, they are named after Israel and they are called the children of Israel. And then in the New Testament, uh, we know of a a man by the name of Saul who was going around persecuting the early church. He was persecuting Christians. And Saul had a great encounter with Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ asked him, why are you persecuting me? Why are you kicking against the goats? And Saul's name was changed to Paul. Now, Saul means asked of God. And that is exactly what Jesus did. He asked Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then he changes his name to Paul, which means little. And I didn't realize that Paul's name meant little. But maybe that's because of the greatness of Paul's ministry. Maybe God wanted Paul to realize that his power, his strength, his weakness is made strong in and through God and not himself. And then, of course, we remember the story of God and Peter. And in the beginning, Peter was arrogant. Uh, He had fearful outbursts. He was the one that denied Jesus three times. And then when Peter uh, and Peter wept bitterly when he came to the end of himself and he realized what he had done. But then after the resurrection, uh, Peter was empowered by the Holy Spirit and he was a humble man. He was stable and he had great confidence. Peter's name in the beginning meant pebble, and then he was renamed rock. And Jesus said upon you, Peter, rock, I will establish my church. Peter became a chief apostle who established the church. Peter lived up to his name. He lived up to his calling. Uh, He was no longer a little pebble or an annoyance in someone's shoe. He was now a force to be reckoned with. And he declared that Jesus was the Messiah, uh, that he was the son of God. And Jesus said, upon this, Peter, I will build my church. So what about you and me? If God were to show up uh, in your workplace, if he was to show up at the gym where you work out, maybe he shows up in one of the many Zoom meetings that you are in, or he shows up in a phone conversation, what names is he going to hear you being called? Will he hear selfish, rude, impatient, How has God changed your life so that you now have a different outlook, that you now have a new nature? Is it beginning to show up in your actions and what you say and what you do? 
Because you see, it's easy to drive a car with a fish on it, which is a symbol of Christianity, or to have a cross hanging from our rearview mirror. It's easy to have a bumper sticker that says, what would Jesus do? Or to wear a t-shirt that has scripture written on it, or to have a cross hanging around our neck. But in reality, do we actually allow that scripture that is written on our t-shirt to begin to transform and to change our lives? And do we take up that cross? Do we bear the name of Jesus? Do we take our identity that we have draped all over us on the outside? Do we take it seriously and allow it to begin to change us on the inside? If you are a believer in Christ Jesus, if you depend upon Jesus for your salvation, then you have already been given a new name. You have been given that new name at your baptism, and uh, we are given the name Christian. Uh, it's kind of like you're given maybe a new middle name. Uh, it's a new identity, Tony Christian Bailey or Charlie Christian Keys or Rick Christian Ends. And so we have been given this new name and it is important because now we are disciples of Jesus Christ. We are his representatives. We are his apprentices. And uh, we now are to bring glory and honor to that name. When people find out that you are a Christian, are they seeing Jesus reflected in your life? Are you showing that new nature that has been given to you? Another name that God has given us is the name saint. Now, I know that there are many of you out there that think, oh, no, not a saint. Uh, that name is given to people who have already gone to heaven or to people who have done great things, such as the Pope or, or Mother Teresa or uh, Billy Graham. But uh, the truth is, is that we are saints. And the reason why is because we are a holy people. And if you remember last week in Pastor Rick's sermon uh, in Peter, it said that we are a called people. We are a chosen people, a peculiar people. Uh, we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And God himself is holy and he calls us to holiness. And so a saint simply means a holy people, a people who are set apart for God. And so that is a name that we bear is saint. Now, Jesus, through the prophet Isaiah, 100 years before he was even born, in Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 7, this is what he has to say. Don't fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they won't sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you won't be scorched and flame won't burn you. I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel. I am your Savior because you are precious in my eyes. You are honored and I love you. And I give people in your place and nations in exchange for your life. Don't fear. I am with you. From the east, I will bring your children. From the west, I will gather you. I will say to the north, give them back. And to the south, don't detain them. Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I have formed and made. Wow, that is so powerful that Jesus is claiming us as his own. And it is right there in the uh, book of Isaiah. 
And then it goes on in verses 10 through 12, which tells why Jesus has redeemed us. And the reason why is because he has called us to be his witness. Look at verse 10. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, my servant whom I chose so that you would know and believe and understand that I am the one before me. No God was formed. And after me, there has been no other. I, I am the Lord and there is no savior besides me. I announced, I saved, I proclaimed not some stranger among you. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and I am God. That is God creating a covenant with us, and it is so powerful. And as Christians, we are called to be Christ Jesus' witnesses. We are called to be children of God. We are called to be saints. And it is the same calling that Abraham and Sarah had. It is the same calling that Peter and Paul had. It is the call that God has given us. We have the name Christian. So many times in life, we are busy trying to build a name for ourselves, a name according to the world's standard and the world's view. And we forget that we have already been given the greatest name that there ever was, and that is the name of Jesus. That name means that we belong to God's family. We live in according to covenant promises. We are to love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. And then we are to love others as God has loved us. And so we are that living example. We receive God's love unto us first, and then we go forth and we offer God's love to others. We are his representatives. Are we living into that calling? Are we living into that namesake? And as we walk with Christ, we carry his name with us. Are we fulfilling the mission and the call, the purpose that he has for our life? Because every Christian has that call on their life. And we are called to make an an eternal difference in the world around us. Even Abraham and Sarah were called to be fruitful. And you and I are called to be fruitful. And when we bear fruit, we bring glory and honor to God. And we need to realize that this is a long-term relationship. This mission is a lifelong journey. When God made his covenant with Abraham, he had a long-term perspective in mind. And God said to Abraham, after all of these generations to come, I can be the God of your descendants and and those who come after you. And so we need to realize that our children, our grandchildren, they're very important. And we have the power and the blessing uh, to be able to instill in them uh, the truths of God's word, to be able to represent God's love to them. And that will make a difference in their life and in all that they do. And then they will rise up to be mighty warriors for Jesus. And they will begin to make a difference in the world around them. We are the ones that need to come along beside others and to begin to mentor them and to allow the Holy Spirit to make the changes in their life so that others can go forth and share that name of Jesus with other people. It is never too late to take your call seriously. Abraham was 99 years old. Sarah was 90 years old when God made that covenant promise with them. Now, I know that I have said a lot to you, but we need to realize that people are watching us, especially when they find out that we belong to God. 
And we need to realize that God knows us by name. He calls us out by name. When uh, Moses was crying out to God before they were to go in and to possess the promised land, he said to God, I want to know that you are going to go with us. I want to know uh, that we have your blessing. And God said to Moses, uh, I will go with you and I call you by name. And then in the New Testament, when Jesus was walking along, Zacchaeus had heard about Jesus. He, he was too short to see over the crowds. He, he climbed up into the city sycamore tree and Jesus walked over to that tree. He looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him by name. He said, Zacchaeus, today I am going to be a guest in your house. And so names are so important. And here's the reason why you uh, can know a name of someone versus uh, knowing someone's name. And what I mean by that is that uh, someone can come to me and say, oh, do you know, oh, so-and-so? And I can say, well, I have heard of their name, but I don't know them. And when we get to know someone, then they no longer are a nameless, faceless person or someone in a crowd or a number or a project. They now become a person that we enter into relationship with. And it is the same with God. We can know God's name. But so do the demons. But it is different than knowing the names of God. Is he your friend? Is he your provider? Is he your comforter? Because there is a different difference. What's in a name? Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you so much that you have called us into relationship that you had made, have made a covenant with us in and through Jesus Christ. Jesus, the name above every name, the name that where every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. God, we thank you that we are your children too. And because we belong to you in your kingdom, we have an inheritance. We have your promises. Empower us, Holy Spirit, to go forth and to bear your name proudly. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.